0: I've always been, and it's something I put right through our group and say to my guys: don't, don't just listen to reply, listen to grow.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal, hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of the Burnt Chef Project. This week we have Paul Ainsworth, and this is a chat definitely to stick around till the end for. It's a fantastic chat. We discuss so many things like Great British Menu, Gordon Ramsay, his focus on staff, as well as also his views on things like social media and culture. It's, it's a brilliant chat. It goes on slightly longer than usual, so settle yourself in. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Lan Weston your partner in
0: Potatoes. We're a leading global frozen potato manufacturing business with a wealth of experience in offering a portfolio of high-end and quality products on a consistent basis. We supply the pub, casual dining, QSR sectors. We believe in well-being through Potatoes and we are very proud to support the Burnt project. Here to offer our support and help for those that need it and any solutions that you need for you and your business. Hi Chris. Morning, Paul. Yeah, how's things been? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not you know, not bad. Um, all things considering. Um, yeah, team, team are all you know being really proactive and stuff. We do a lot in you know making sure that they're um looking after themselves and um you know just constantly checking in and from all sorts you know from their eating, drinking, exercising, all of that. So uh, yeah, it's just um it's just endurance now you know this the sort of stamina of uh you know of kind of waiting for that moment which I think will be like April time anything earlier than that will be a bonus so uh yeah all things considering we're all right um so so yeah you know but Look, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot sort of, you know, there's a lot out there that are a lot worse off. Um, and yeah, we've just got, to, there's nothing we can change. You just got to, yeah, you just got to get on with it and um, and sort of, yeah, get your, get yourself through it. And um, but like I said, the, the the biggest thing is, you know, we've got, we employ a large team, you know, so that's a lot of people across five businesses. Um, and certainly on this one as well, there was quite a few in there that started after the 31st of October so that means they don't qualify for furlough which is really sort of wrong so then you know we're i'm not we're not just going to go well go see your last employer because also that sometimes just isn't an option mm. so um you know we 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 pay them we pay them uh you know their salary so uh yeah it's um it's it's a lot it's a lot to manage a lot to juggle it's uh yeah, like on on furlough, one hundred and thirty six on furlough, and um fifteen not on furlough. So that's a lot of individuals to make sure, not all of them have you know have gone home to parents or stuff like that because they didn't have that option. So uh, yeah, it's uh it's um yeah it's it's, it's a lot of uh, personalities and um, people to keep in check
1: massively. So I mean, it must be. I mean we we run a family culture within this industry anyway, but yeah. now, now your role is sort of uh, a mother and father of, you know, you and your wife are now looking after these yeah. individuals and ensuring that they're, they're not just mentally fit and physically fit to come back to work, but obviously that they're, you know, they're, they're coping and during these tough times as well. Hey, what, what a yeah. Role change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge, huge. So yeah. I want, to yeah. touch
1: ba- I want to touch base with you a little bit about, a bit later on, about sort of um, how you've ended up sort of managing your team, because you obviously you have got yes yeah. you know, a sizable, sizable workforce, um, both front of house and yeah. back of house. Um, but yeah. before we sort of go into that, just sort of just take me back a little bit. I, w- I want to understand your journey and how you got into hospitality and, and sort of the steps that you've come to, because I know it's obviously well publicised about you know when you took on Regiano's and uh and sort of the the leap of faith that that was at that particular time but sort of take me further back up until that point and and sort of help us understand exactly where where you've come from
0: yeah so um you know it, it's it's been a you know it's a it's a, it's a great story um you know what one i'm sort of you know very proud of It's it feels like it's a long 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 journey but for me, the best ones are, um, and it's taken a it's taken a huge amount of time, you know, massive amount of time to um, to get to this point, you know, where we've we you know where we've got the you know the the businesses us, you know, and and what we do, and it all started, you know, being born in a guest house um, with my mum and dad, um, who that was their business, so the, the family home was the business, uh, and it was it was it was brilliant, you know. Um, I always remember my dad. And sometimes at the school gates, he always felt that, you know, when chatting to parents, they sort of turn their nose up at work being, you know, at home. But I can't complain. It, it, it was brilliant. It was amazing to be brought up in a work environment like that. And and I loved it. And it definitely gave me that work ethic later on in life. Um, And I and I also think it gave me the work ethic for this industry because, you know, I don't have those you know I don't have the really those like romantic stories you know that like a lot of chefs have of you know how they got into cooking and whether it be through grandparents or you know running through the fields you know do this doing this and that it was just it was just being born into hospitality and growing up in hospitality you know I can remember know answering the phone at home and almost really wanting to sort of please you know like especially my dad my dad was very strict man real taskmaster and i but even if i knew it was my mates ringing i had to answer the phone you know as the business you know so hello bitten park guest house paul speaking how can i help uh and all those little things of being brought up in in hospitality that you know around the home that we had guests you know in the home and, and you know my dad put it always put it into me that like you know these these are the people that are you know that are paying for you know everything that we have or whatever we do on you know in life and it was it was from a very early age learning that kind of like that respect for customers and hospitality and knowing the value of money and and work and having a work ethic and knowing that in order to achieve and to get something, you know, that, you know, these people that are in our home right now. And sometimes for my mum, my I know it was trying. I know it was sometimes if we were sat around having dinner and the bell would ring, it would really kind of like sometimes get to my mum, whereas it never did with my dad. My dad was just that. My dad was just like, these people are making payday possible. These people are paying our, paying our wages. So so, yeah, that was a huge part of my life. And then sort of fast forwarding, I, you know, I had lots of jobs when I was a kid, you know, like a really, really sort of strong work effort. You know, at one point I always remember i had like I had five paper rounds on the go, mornings and evenings. I was doing the inserts. The paper shop asked me if I'd come in at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday and do the inserts for yeah. like the big tabloids. Um, so I said, yeah, and I, I would do that. So I'd go in at four in the morning when the papers actually arrived and then insert all the magazines, load up the bags for the other lads. Uh, I then got a job at a, a fruit and veg merchants. As soon as, I'd, um, as soon as I was finishing school, I would literally go and have an hour at the fruit and veg merchants before I'd go collect my um, evening round papers. And then to top it all off, where I thought I was a real entrepreneur, I got a um, job with betterware now i don't know if you know what betterware is but betterware is basically this i deliver you this magazine uh, or brochure full of things that you think you need but you don't really need that are like pretty much made of plastic and um so you know a better way of storing your onions or a better way of putting (laughs) your shower gels together in the shower and stuff like that (laughs) Uh, I then go, I then go back collect your orders and then uh, deliver your stuff. So I was I was absolutely flat out. I was always just it was always work work work. Um and you know and all of my real close mates that I still have now like you know the boys um they all knew that like you know I was kind of you know rarely rarely out. I wanted to be out and if I wanted to get out I needed them to help me to get these tasks finished. <laughs> Uh, so yeah just just brilliant I lo- loved it and I love that I, I just love that um that ambition it gives you in that drive to want to 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 want to you know if I want those brand new Nike Air Max trainers I've got to earn them you know I've got to go out and earn them it wasn't an option to go oh mum dad can I have these trainers uh so from there I then was doing work experience I chose four really random things uh a roadside services on the M27 um champion sport if you remember those yeah a camping shop a camping a sort of camping hiking shop called blacks in east street in southampton and the star hotel and i got the star hotel at this point i don't know i want to be a chef but i always remember just saying to my dad i'm gonna really impress them here and really work hard and try and lose the paper rounds and better wear and the fruit and veg merchants and just get one job anyway they did they offered me a job um it was you know it was £2.50 an hour and I I just jumped at it it was an opportunity then to kind of like just have one job focused on that and I was there I was at school and I was working there on the weekends and then that I suppose is where then I just had this I don't know it was like this yeah a bit of this moment I always remember there was a there was a sh- there was the chef in the kitchen I just also remember going down taking down you know because they basically employed me as a general assistant so I was just anywhere housekeeping anywhere I remember sort of taking down the sort of dirty plates and stuff into the kitchen and just looking at the chefs working and I, I yeah it was just something that was like do you know what I've, I really really like I really really fancy this I started washing up they said he gave me a job as washing up and any moment i could to help out i would just be there and it was you know it wasn't it wasn't a fancy hotel and at lunchtime they did an absolute ton of like toasties in the breville maker with a little styed salad garnish and some crisps like ready salted crisps and that feeling of him saying right okay they didn't want no one none of the chefs wanted to make toasties but i did because i just was oh i'll make them i'll make them it was this feeling of like like making something and knowing it was going up to like a customer felt really like, I don't know, like it was, it was just like gave me this real massive independence and this real sort of like, wow, I'm really achieving something. (laughs) Um, So from there I, they, they offered me a job in the kitchen. I was working at college and working at the star hotel. Um, You know, typical me, you know, the college, the college didn't really, approve of sort of doing the two so I didn't tell them uh, so that would sometimes it I was doing breakfast seven days a week the, they could never get a breakfast chef or love nor money so I was doing breakfast seven days a week and then five of those days I was at college so I was always late for college every day. Would always get a rollicking from a lecturer called uh, John Flew for being lazy and not getting my ass out of bed and all of that. But I just kept it to myself because I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose the job because it was. It was. You know, it was hourly paid and it was. You know, at, for me then it was. It was good money and uh, it was all going towards my Vauxhall Nova one point three SR I was saving up for. Oh madness <laughs> with the spoiler. <laughs> With the spoiler and then and then going to um, and then going to Just Ice and kitting it out in tweeters and subs and like the yeah. most wickedest head unit I could get my hands on. So, so, yeah. So um, and then things started to get serious when I was coming to the end of my MVQ level two. And I I said, you know, they they really wanted me to do NVQ Level 3. There was a lecturer I had so much admiration there for called Martin Nash. He said, look, you, you know, you really should do this, Paul. You know, you've really got what it takes. And I was like, OK. So I continued to um, go to college. But then I changed up my jobs and went to a hotel called Kerry's Manor. And everything always just went up a gear. Yeah. And I was working at Kerry's Manor in Brockenhurst, working with two brilliant chefs, Kevin and Graham, who really, really kicked my ass out. So every chef I've ever worked for, I've not got a CV of like I've never gone from place to place to place. I've always given a huge amount of time to each place. But every chef I've always had has always been real kind of like a, you know disciplinary and real ass kicker. And these <laughs> two were no no different. Yeah. It's a beautiful sight these as two well. Were no,
1: beautiful yeah, site I used to you know it? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay I'd, yeah yeah fab, fabulous site i mean it hasn't changed much probably since the days you were there as well
0: it's a proper old no, building it, it. hasn't it's it, it still it's it, like you say it's a, be, a beautiful building um so i was doing MVQ level 3 i was coming towards the end of that i was working at Kerry's manor i'm now so kind of like um 18 years old and then And then sort of like the real sort of big break came. I did Student Chef of the Year, which I won, which was amazing. I was coming to the end of MVQ Level 3. And Martin Nash, my lecturer, was godfather to Gary Rhodes' children. Gary Rhodes was opening up a site in London called Dolphin... um, uh, Rhodes in Square at Dolphin Square Hotel, Mm -hmm. was looking for chefs. And that was my my sort of break into London. Um, You know, Gary was... Gary was brilliant because he put me up in, above the hotel with two other lads that came from the college because, you know, to obviously get a deposit together. And, you know, it's probably still the same now, but it was like, it was like a month's deposit, six weeks up from, um, you know, it was, yeah. it was all sorts for an absolute hole um, somewhere <laughs> and stuff. But that was that it was never, it was never about anything else other than going to London to work for great chefs. Mm -hmm. um my time at Gary's was was phenomenal I think my time at Gary's is I'm more aware of now or have been for the last few years just how far ahead of his time Gary was and what a sort of pioneer he was you know um in what he did and for the industry uh and then a program started called Boiling Point um on the on on Channel 4 yeah. uh i'd had a mate go to raw hospital road to work for gordon and he did you know he, he just didn't enjoy it he didn't he didn't last um everyone in the team was like you're, you know you're nuts why would you want to go there but i was just in there was just something about it that intrigued me <clears throat> now and again i'd go home to southampton so i would get the national express from victoria and it would go down raw hospital road and i would literally I would pray because there's a be traffic on Royal Hospital Road. I would pray that it would stop. And quite often it did. It would just, or it would get really near Royal Hospital Road. And I'd just be up against the window watching the, because before they had the extension on the outside, the chefs would be outside passing sauces through muslin, opening scallops, doing all sorts. And I'd just be like looking through the window, like being like, this is the place. This is the one. Like th- this was like, this was all, this is like the SAS, you know, this is like, yeah. you know, it was almost like an elite, an elite kind of task force of, you know, of chefs that are just, you know, uh, in this incredible discipline. So I, um I, I rang up, I went and did a stage. Um, It was as scary and as, as, as brutal as you could imagine it to be from the moment I walked in there. It, like, it was dark. It was a winter's morning. It was Christmas time. Um, but it was just like, it was just a place I wanted to go. And you've got to remember as well, at that point, you still had Marco Pierre White with three stars at the Oak Room, Nicola Dennis on Park Lane with three stars, Kaufman with three stars um, at the Barclay. So there was, there was so many like, and Royal Hospital Road at that point was was two stars, but I don't know, there was just something about that, that I wanted that I just wanted to go work there. Uh, and they offered me a job. Um, and yeah, on that one, you know, the, The rest is history. I spent six years within, you know, the Gordon Ramsay group. I did three years at Royal Hospital Road and then another three years with Marcus Waring at um, Petrus. It's in James's. And then was promoted to um, Senior Sue when we moved to the Barclay. And yeah, I mean, incredible. Um, After Royal Hospital Road, I did sort of want to go abroad. But, you know, Gordon was Gordon was kind of, you know, very at the time you think it's Gordon sort of being persuasive and wanting him you know wanting you know you to stay within the group but you know I I wanted to go to Australia and stuff and you know and at that point Gordon was like you know you you know from a culinary point of view you know it's not a great choice you're going there for the wrong reasons you're going there because your mates have gone there and you want to go there and surf and do all of those types of things he said but And at the time you're like, okay, but now I look back on it and I'm glad I listened to that because then that next move and that promotion and moving to work for Marcus Waring was, was also, you know, phenomenal, you know, two very different styles, you know, like being at Royal Hospital Road, Chris, and being there as a two Michelin star restaurant and being there for like well over a year and then being part of a restaurant that then goes to three stars again It felt phenomenal at the time and the way that Gordon celebrated it by, he threw a party at the very first place he worked when he, when his football career ended and he moved to London. We had the party at the Intercontinental Hotel and just seeing how that happened and and just being a part of that was amazing, but it's actually only now. And certainly, then when Michelin then started, you know, like opening it up, so the chefs went to London, and we we did the whole Michelin star ceremony, which now happens, obviously not not this year with with COVID, um, but you know, at a place in London, it makes you realise that like free stars come around, you know, now and again. Yeah, yeah. And actually, mo- a lot of chefs will go through their career and not have actually have experienced that. So it's something that I really cherish and 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 remember fondly, and that bunch of boys and and just that point and 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 just yeah just the the sort of it's it really sticks in my memory um that that sort of you know being part of that team um so yeah six years six years of my life there and then I was I, I just I just wanted to do something else I just I wanted to do something for for me I didn't know what it was I was I was very I suppose I was a bit lost actually at this point. I didn't know what it was I wanted to do, and and I suppose at that point as well, you feel that like actually, you know, Gordon was Gordon was such a powerhouse that actually anything outside it, I don't know, there was they didn't feel like there was there was a lot there outside of it and stuff, and it was like, well, what 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 do you do? So I was working for Marcus at the Barclay, um, and one of the blokes, the, one of the concierge blokes, was like, "I've got a friend opening a restaurant in Kent. Do you know anyone that would want to run it?" And I was like, "Yeah, me." Um, really? And he was, and I think he was, he was taken aback because I think he thought that I was just going to recommend one of our sort of chef the parties that might be looking for a job. He was like, "You?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "I'm, I'm well interested." So it was in Chislehurst in Kent, a my motorbike down there, and it was roasting to glasses for me I I was more focused on wanting to leave and just get out and do something else and not really looking at actually weighing up right okay what's what's the next move you know strategically like doing it properly Mm -hmm. but there's probably a lesson you know there's a lesson here and if this you know helps anyone and that that sometimes it doesn't work always by strategy and Taking loads of time over things and overthinking things. Sometimes it just like you just got to kind of go with it and and let it flow. And I, I can only tell you that now. At the time, I thought I was making that right decision. Um, and after a while, it turned. It, I thought, wow, that was a really really bad move. But now it was it was pivotal. And the reason it was it was so, it was so pivotal in my life is because I formed a very small team four of us my girlfriend at the time um molly a chap called dave and another chap called chris uh who i'd worked with um you know throughout my time in london and i opened this restaurant in chiselers to this family it was quickly you know quite apparent what what it was it wasn't you know it wasn't going to be anything that they wanted to take to you know a real, real high level for them. It was just nice to have a restaurant in, you know, if you've ever been to Chiselers it's a very affluent area, you know, and that's what drew me to it. Cause I thought I can't go wrong here. Yeah. You know, big, huge houses, really affluent area. This is going to be a winner. But, you know, after about three months, it was like, no, this, this just isn't working. This is just, is not, um, just not for me. And at this point I was like, I wouldn't say low, no, but, really lost like I don't know what to do like what's what's the you know what's the next move so I get the lads all together one night and I just say to them listen this isn't working thank you so much for your your loyalty and you know following me here I really really appreciate it And one of them pipes up the lad called Chris and said listen before we all before we all part ways um can we can we I'd love you to just have a meeting with you know with my dad um and to cut a a massive long story short, Chris was going to, you know, Chris's dad was a very successful man. Um, It's been very successful with a big pub co and, and then, you know, um, daytime nursery businesses and all sorts. And the idea was that they were going to buy a restaurant in Cornwall in Padstow, um, mothball it. Chris was going to sort of travel through France and do, and train and work in places and then come back. Chris was like I really enjoyed my time working with you boys you know Paul I really want to work for you um I'd love you to just listen to sort of like this idea that you know me and my dad have got so I was like okay so we all met after work um at my flat listened to the idea I was a bit cautious because I sort of obviously just what I felt at the time made a wrong decision which is less but actually I've made this amazing decision because I would have never have worked with Chris and I would have never have met Derek and Chris if I'd not gone, if I'd not taken what at the time felt like loads of steps back, especially the night that we're all out the back and we were having a cigarette and I've, I've smoked back then and we're having a cigarette and I saw this silver Porsche go by and I'm like, fucking hell, that's the old man. And boys are like, and, Dave and Chris have, and all of us have, have worked for Marcus. And they're like, shut up. I'm like, I swear to you, that is the old man. So, like, so we we get we all dash in. Molly goes upstairs and comes down, and I inside my heart sinking. I'm like, no, no, no. He is gonna think that this is awful. It was just like, you know, the dining room was the dining room was just, you know, like literally IKEA, like <laughs> I've been working for him at this unbelievable level, these amazing sort of Gordon Ramsay dining rooms and that. And I was just so like, I was just like, oh and no. Anyway, it was, and he came in and then he, he, he had, he had dinner and he came in and he was, he was, he was super nice. And he was like, you know, how you getting on, you know, all of this. Um, and then, the following day, I rang up the head chef at Petrush. So that was like my old boss, which was Darren, which was, you know, it was the head chef at Petrush. And I was like, we had the old man in for dinner last night. Have you heard from him? He went, yeah, yeah. He rang me on the way home. So what did he say? What did he say? And he was like, he said, look, the food, food was fantastic. He loved it. But he was like, he, he just can't understand for the life of him. What you, what are you doing there? What are you, where is it going? You know, like, and then, and then he got, and then like it got a bit more personal in like, he started to pick it like the dining room and the glasses and this and that and stuff. And I was, yeah, yeah. I was heartbroken. I was absolutely gutted, but deep down inside Chris, I knew, I knew he was right. I knew, I knew what, that what I was doing was I was putting so much work into it. We were working six days a week Um, like grafting morning till night, you know, the kit was, you know, our fridge was a room with a door on it that had an air conditioning unit in there. The the stove, the stove was an ex Falcon dominator from, you know, a supply store. You know, it was, it was just, it was just like, yeah, this isn't, if I want to sort of prove myself and if I want to show people what I can do and this isn't the platform, this is not the platform, you know, to do it. So anyway, going going back to Chris, Chris and Derek, we Derek, Derek sort of told me about himself and, and who he is and and what he's and what he's done. And I was just like sat there being like, wow, this this is this is unbelievable. You know, this really is a, a you know a serial entrepreneur, you know, a, a phenomenal businessman. Uh, but still being very, very cautious. Um, I then like I've never ever got my mum and dad involved in my career. Never, ever. Like, and certainly my dad and dad's always stayed away from it. There's been a couple of points where he's felt things are getting a bit going a bit too far that he's then, but he's then he's never ever got involved. But I said, listen, can you come and meet this guy for me? Cause I was just, I think it's that sort of once bit and twice shy, yeah, type thing. I was, I was, I was really not. I just didn't know where to go next, which way to turn. So we went and had a meeting with, um, with Derek and his wife, um, Karen. And, you know, the, 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 gist of it was, it was that Derek would buy the Derek would buy the freehold rent, rent it to the four of us. Um, so it was me, Molly, Chris and, and Dave. And if we made any money at the end of, at the end of each financial year, we divide it five ways, but he would kit out the restaurant. We would, um, and we would have a wage. And my one my one sort of goal was to teach his son, you know, to cook and, you know, and give him, you know, like good, you know, good sort of, uh, you know, a solid sort of culinary background. And that was how we started off. Um, I met, I met, we, we left, we left his house and my dad was like, look, I think that you're, I think that you can trust this guy. Um, you know, he can certainly, he can certainly, you know, provide you with a platform that I think you're looking for. A platform that like you know I couldn't supply as in you know this is what my dad was was saying Mm -hmm. um and you know the question is do you want to move to Cornwall you know is Cornwall somewhere you want to go um and you know if it is you know you've got to you've got to kind of make your bed and lie in it and that was what me you know you've just you've just sort of you've had this kind of really really good career and now you've made you know not a mistake but you've sort of made this decision going to Chiselhurst. you you can't have too many more of these you've got to you got to make sure you know what you're doing here um so that was what my dad you know what my dad said to me um yes we moved moved to Padstow in 2005 um uh cutting again you know a, a, an incredible story and you know journey short as you can imagine me and molly split up dave found padstow and cornwall just too claustrophobic dave's a proper london you know proper londoner oh, yeah. chris chris just sort of like like i suppose just wanted wanted a change wanted to do something different and had a real change chris went and you know went on and did it you know a, a sort of um degree in uh osteopath
1: um
0: <laughs> Complete so change. <laughs> by now massive change so by now it's kind of I'm sort of all of a sudden quite quickly left on my own um and you know Derek said to me look what what, what do you want to do um and I was like you know like i I want to do it so in 2000 and in 2009 me and Emma took the lease on um and took the whole business on we changed it to Paul Ainsworth at number six we completely changed how we were doing things for the first three years I was cooking in a way that I had like it just in a way that I thought was, you know, like to, it was, it was just not what, it was just not me. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my style. I was just doing things that I'd seen before mm. and doing them and, and, but they weren't fitting into the environment that is, you know, seaside town, beach town and stuff. And I went to a restaurant called Arbitus by Anthony Dimitri. And that was like a real game changer for me. It was a real game changer. It was a Michelin star and it was, and it was just what now is so normal, but back then very ahead of its time in what it was doing. It was so stripped back, but still really, really brilliant. Uh, And I just said to Emma, this is what we got to do at number six. So I was, I was literally on the pass plating up and then I would run round and I'd go and serve the dishes and I did that for three months like in the dining room back on the past, plating up cooking and just understanding how the business worked understanding the wine list understanding how to use a chip and pin machine I was like my the biggest anxieties were like how does payroll work? How does, you know, we were using a programme called Sage. What yeah. is Sage? You know, the yeah. only Sage I know those in onions. Yeah. Like, the, you know, it was like, it was just this huge change. And I, and I had to learn it all. And I knew inside that if I'm going to make a go of this, I can't have other people doing it for me. And for many years of my life, I would be like cooking and then, like coming off service, and boys began out and I'd be in the office entering invoices onto sage like you know so yeah. then they would be then going to the you know the accountants, so the you know the suppliers got paid, learning like tenancy agreements um all the different all the all the bits of legislation that was starting to come in, like you know different declarations for employees and all of this, and it was it was bonkers, and just like. The, the true costing of of dishes understanding to get my wage percentage correct because if you don't understand the wage percentage running a business in cornwall it's over you can't just have this team around you the whole time you've got to you've got to make hay while sunshines in the summer because no matter what your wage percentage is going to be in the late 50s early 60 percent in the winter time which is as you as you know Yes. catastrophic yes. but if you get it right in the summer and you get it into the low 20s you know the late sort of teens in the in the um summertime then you're gonna you know you're gonna survive and that's how it was for for many many years just and that was I learned all of that I, I and I was quite you know I was fortunate that I was born into a self-employed background so I sort of had this kind of basic understanding of business but, you know, my dad did everything in a book. Everything was in these neat books. And then yeah. you, but you then meet someone like Derek, who, like, who introduces you to Sage and, and Sage Payroll and, and how to do everything on Excel and how to, and how to put, uh, apply the wage percentage to your business. How to make sure that, like, you know, I always remember doing a dish and I when we first opened, uh, I cooked this dish um first and it was um it was it was absolute prime sea bass like what we were using at um Raw Hospital Road mm-hmm. so I did like a 200 gram perfectly square pavé beautiful dish it was like lovely sauce some caviar potatoes and then I got I gave all of the ingredients and like Derek then showed me and we put them all into the excel sheet and he was like he's like well if you want We were individually priced. He said, "Okay, well, that that dish to sell to sell that dish to make to make a seventy percent GP, that dish needs to be forty five quid." This is two thousand and five. We're a brand new restaurant in Padstow. Nobody knows about us. And I got to remember. I remember thinking, "It's like, why are you such a why are you such a fucking pain in the arse? I just want to cook this dish. Like, why? Like, and that that wasn't important to me. The money side of it wasn't important to me. Now." What an unbelievable lesson, you know, what an unbelievable thing to see, because now it is. But you know what? For the last 15 years, we've worked so hard and we've we've, you know, and it showed me lessering, you know, ingredients that you think at the time are lesser, but they're not. Mm. mackerel and cod and ling and things like that that we used on the menu when we first opened they're beautiful because anything that's fresh and and you know at its best and you're buying it from the best people and it's mother nature's you know larder and it's giving you the best it's it's beautiful but you all you know is you know you know brecet pigeon and far gras and longestines and yeah. sea bass yeah. and turbot and that's what you want to cook with and we cook with those things, you know, in, in abundance now at number six. But what's been nice, Chris, is that it's taken 15 years to build to that point, for to build a reputation that customers trust us. And now our menu now is, is, is a set price, which is something that we've always wanted to try and get to. But back then it was just like, no, look, our starters range from a fiver to eight quid. Our main courses are from a tenner to 15 quid and our desserts are like a fiver and and the mentality was we just wanted a bum on a seat and if you wanted to come in and just have a five quid starter no problem because it was like it was just getting people in the door it's a very and
1: it's a very different thing though isn't it like from going and it's something that I've experienced quite a bit over my time in hospitality is Is that pride and that passion and wanting to be able to provide your heart on on a plate or give that person the best experience, but ultimately if they're not prepared to pay for it. And it's almost that that not only a balance, but sometimes a sacrifice of saying, actually, at the end of the day, we just need bums on seats to get money through the door to be able to elevate us to that next level, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. And that's the bit that some people do it different and some people and a lot of chefs out there, you know i'm sure some of them are successful with it but it's it's that thing of like not not having too much too soon and 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 that sweet taste that sweet tasting feeling of really really earning it you know and you know i remember going to the food and travel awards um and we were we were up for a couple of awards and it was massive to us we were up for like um best restaurant and uh and then independent independent restaurant and it was it was it was massive I took the whole team I bought a table at 10 it was huge for us and I bumped into you know I bumped into a a chef I'm not going to name him and stuff yeah you know young chef and like at the time he was probably I was I was like sort of mid 30s and he would have been he would have been mid 20s and like literally, he had an entourage. He had like you know, a publisher, a PR um, with him, um, PA, just like like this whole team around him. And like well, I had like none of that. Like absolutely, you know, absolutely none of that. You know, like I'm 41 years old, and last year for the first ever time, I got, um, I, you know, I got. NEA Carol and like yeah. which has been phenomenal because it's it's five businesses with all the other outside stuff I was I was at a point where I got it because I was drowning I was I didn't know which fire to put out first I was and I suppose this will kind of come into context later with you know with what the podcast is you know is about but you know like mental health wise and all of that I was i really really suffering because it gets to a point where you're just overwhelmed you know everything's so fast everything's by email everything and I was managing it all doing it all so Mm. but yeah going back to going back to um you know like you say we're 15 years old and and we haven't got it right and we've made so many mistakes and I look back at things we've done and oh how come we did it like that and that but to me, I, that, that's what makes a story. That's what makes everything feel real and feel firm and built on great foundations. You know, we've just most recently built, you know, built our own office and stuff. And now we've taken what used to be above Regano's, taking the bookings, eight, you know, all the HR, all of those bits of things. It's now in its own space and it's just put this extra unbelievable layer into the business. But again, you know, could have done those things sooner, could have done them, you know, before, but it always boils down really to one thing and that's money. And that's like, and that's like, where do you invest the money? You know, every single year since 2005, we always, you know, paint the businesses, I've always been a stickler for making sure that the businesses just look immaculate, that when you walk in from the outside into the inside, that they just feel immaculate. And then as you start to grow the properties and then the last kind of probably, yeah. What is it? Six years of mine and Emma's life. Every year has been a major investment, you know, 2015 Padso townhouse 2017 huge renovations and refurbishment at number six, 2019 Mahe and then Mariners came around out the blue, you know, we weren't expecting Mariners and these have been massive, massive levels of investment. Um, Uh, And then more recently purchasing the freehold of, you know, of Cafe Regiano, which is, was was to to date, the biggest thing I've done in my life, huge risk, massive. And then we did that in December, 2019, three months later, we're closing it down, you know, for the very beginning of um, COVID-19. At that point, not knowing what, what we were going to do, you know, and, and as things unfolded our you know, the banks and everything were, you know, were phenomenal in helping us. And then obviously with furlough being introduced, that's been a, been a help, but, you know, it doesn't stop all your outgoings, it you know, it's, you know, some of them. So, so it's been a, that's been, you know, hugely worrying times, you know, certainly, you know, lockdown one, but yeah. And I suppose now just to sort of cap, cap that sort of first chapter here we are, you know, 2021 um started with number six um and then you know as you know with you know with the mariners and mahay and townhouse and cafe Reggiano, um five brilliant businesses that i'm incredibly proud of um and they've not gone like that by chance you know a long long time ago and i suppose the story you'll be you know a quick story you'll be quite you know quite interested in was I sort of had number 6 and the ambitions were very clear you know we wanted to we wanted to be the best we could be you know we we weren't like oh we want you know we want to be the best restaurant in the world or the best restaurant in britain we just wanted to be you know like can we be the you know the best restaurant in cornwall the you know the place that people want to you know that want to come to but not doing it in an you know in an arrogant way you know mm. like uh, we've always we've always said we've gone to We've gone to you know Padstow. We we compliment Rick when we moved into Padstow. We were the second night, third night restaurant. You know my our, our, our first few months. I remember we went a week, Chris, where we didn't see a soul for four nights in a row. Oh. We ended up we ended up going to the cinema. We ended up going to the by by about eight o'clock. I was like, sod it, no one's coming. Let's just go catch the last film. And we like we we saw we saw Casino Royale twice. Right, <laughs> it was just like oh me, but. We then, we then, um, when we got Regiano's, the idea of Regiano's was it was me and Derek went into Regiano's together, like, like 50, 50, uh, and we had a, you know, we had a loan on the property to, to kind of pay that loan down. And then we would, uh, you know, have it 50, 50 fit the deal changed, um, uh, you know over time so you know me you know me and emma could like you know we would when we sort of made a bit of money at number six we bought our first house together and stuff so we kind of you know we 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 changed the deal up slightly but what was still very very strong and the reason for reggiano's was was to buy one and then roll out quite a few Derek would be able to introduce us into into a world of um You know, of sort of venture capitalists and people that would be willing to put the money down to then roll out this kind of like style of eatery. And you know what, as rollouts go, it was it was a solid rollout. You know, it was kind of, you know, pizzas, pasta, sort of food that is kind of, you know, like everybody loves, everybody wants. Um, And that was kind of the idea and it was kind of like a real ambition that you know that I had it was quite an an unusual ambition probably for someone of my age at that point that's just very focused and cooking every day at the level that we were trying to achieve at number 6 but i think always i've had that kind of i've always had that business acumen in me and that kind of goes back from what i was telling you as a kid of also i want i want to i want to achieve and i want to be able to kind of like you know go out and buy something nice or get something nice. I, I enjoy that, you know, and, and, and anyone that feels, or sometimes questions that you, sh- you never should, you know, what, what's, what's wrong with that? It's everybody has their own different, you know, ambitions in life. Yeah. So We just, just randomly one weekend, there there was a new Zizzy's opened in Cornwall in Falmouth and we, we went down, we went down there and um, it was not to go to this Zizzy's, It was more just because, you know, Falmouth's a lovely area. We went down there, you know, me and Emma for a drive and just got down there and sort of went and had some lunch. We're in this Zizzy's and it was, it was stunning. It was overlooking the water. Um, It was beautiful wood-fired pizza oven, Robert Welsh cutlery, lovely crockery, really, really done out. Very, very nice. But the one thing that was really bad about it was the team and the people. And I was, I was kind of like mid thirties there and it really, really scared me. It really actually made me think, actually, this isn't what I want. This is not what I want from, you know, from my life. But at this point I feel that I'm quite sort of committed because, me and Derek have gone into Rajano's with this being a major, major driving force, a major, major ambition within what we want to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm like, oh, I'm really in a rock and a hard place. So I was like, sod it. So we jumped in the car on, on my day off on the Sunday and d- Derek like drove all the way from Cornwall to Derbyshire. Uh, and the whole way up, I'm basically saying, right, almost Emma, you be Derek and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna practice on you how I'm gonna break the news yeah. that I know we've just gone and bought Reggianos, but actually I don't wanna do a rollout and I just wanna do Reganos by itself and make it like and make it amazing. I don't know why. I think I was ex- just expecting sort of like quite a confrontational conversation and sort of got there, said my piece. Dale looked around and said, do you know what? I'm absolutely fully, full admiration for, for what you want to do. And he said, and I think that you've reached a point in your life that you probably don't quite know what it is or how to explain it into words. He said, but what it is that you want to do is, is that you want to make where you are your little castle, your little fortress, and you want to make it The best it can be, and that when people are coming to it, they're gonna, you know, that you're there and you're there with your team, and you wanna and and you wanna make it the best it can be, and that was then a very that was a real break that was a real sort of turning point in my life. It was a point in my life that I actually really understood what it was that I wanted. Mm. Um, And moving forward, I gotta say there are times when I when I get phone calls, and there are times when I'm a bit oh yeah, you know, and you get offers and, 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 and they're out well outside of, of Padstow. Um, and COVID-19 as, as being a massive, massive point in my life where, you know, chatting to really, really sort of, you know, good friends, you know, you know, some of them you know, might, you know, my best friends and that and stuff. And a lot of them saying, Do you know, what, Paul, you know, it's times like this where, when it comes to reopening, and and we did a staggered reopening, where we did Cafe Regina and Padso Townhouse on the Friday, Mariners on the um, Mariners on the Monday, and Number Six on the following Friday. Because after July Fourth, what what did it look like? What what did the landscape? How did the how was this world of masks and social distancing? And that how did it all work? So to have that opportunity to go right, we'll open one business first. Let's see how it goes what lessons can we learn from that business to then put into Mariners on Monday, then finally anything else to number six on the, on the Friday. And to be able to do that within a very small radius. um, And, you know, my biggest journey being, you know, hopping on the ferry for two minutes to rock, to then walk up to the Mariners or if I have to drive it, it takes me 20 minutes. Mm. That now is, it's yeah it's been like a it's been like a real epiphany in my life I'm not saying that you know for the rest of my life yeah that's it that's how it is but right now it's actually made me really enjoy what we've achieved and it's made me feel very humbled and and very you know I I, I rarely use that word lucky because I am a big believer that you make your own luck in this world and you you know and that it's not it's not just lucky you, you make your own luck and it, that can come in any guise or form in, in how you do that but to be able to be in this position right now again closed lockdown free as I'm speaking to you Chris and knowing that like right everything's everything's tight it's secure I'm on top of it I'm on top of it with the, with the teams we're we're refining we're 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 looking at every single detail of everything we do from an office point of view in how we in how we manage our information in how we do our operations meetings in how we do our l's to to new dishes going on the menu at all of the restaurants you know questioning you know like the like the Padso Townhouse our experience looking at everything every single detail and to be able to do that with the team like over zoom over teams or a socially distanced meeting or whatever it's it's amazing and not to and not to have that feeling of like right well i might have you know a restaurant in dubai or i might have you know restaurant in london or restaurants in the states or something like that for me and our and our small little infrastructure you know it's amazing And and the team that we have now you know the the layers and layers of you know from management right the way through you know i just. I'm just so grateful for, um, you know, more than ever. And like I say, there's still huge ambitions within the group and what, you know, and what we do, but, you know, right now I'm that, I, I suppose I got there by myself, but then sort of, you know, that mentor in Derek in, in actually saying to me, no, it, it's clear what you want. And and I suppose what it's one, it, it's just that, it's just that constant desire. It's that hospitality. It's that, is that do we get it wrong? Yes, we do. Do we make mistakes within our group? Yes, we do. Do we do we overseason something? Do we do we get something wrong? Do we get, you know, a complaint? That of course we do. Everybody does. But do you know what? It's never because we don't care. Yeah. It's never be, not for the want of trying. Every single day, the mentality going into number six, right the way through to Townhouse, Mahe, Mariners, Rogano's. Is that we we try to be the best we can be, um, and 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 that is something that it's so great to be right there with the team and with you know with the guests being able to drive that, be the captain of that ship and drive that message every single day into the you know in, in, into the team, which is what I do now you know by by you know even in lockdown that sort of you know it's in a different form but like encouraging people to exercise but but leading from the top not being one of those it's kind of yeah because I'm exercising everyone should but just little things as some of the guys follow me on Strava now and again I'll put it on my Instagram I don't want to be one of those that's putting it on there because actually sometimes that can make people who really don't want to exercise feel really shit yeah. <laughs> they're just like oh, aren't you good? You know, and stuff like that. <laughs> well but done to you. Just little times that, like, that just, like, well, look, you know, the you know, Paul's doing it, you know, so whether it's a long, like, long walk running, I've recently really got into cycling. Um, but yeah, just anything I can to encourage them that, you know, we're fortunate. We're, we're, we're in this lockdown in Cornwall and it's, it's phenomenal down here and there's so, so many places you can go and just be wowed, fill your airs with amazing, fill, fill your lungs with amazing fresh air, but also not see a soul. So um yeah, but uh yeah, that's, uh, that that's kind of, that's, 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 that's the story in, in, in a nutshell.
1: Mate, I have so many questions off from the back of that. Um, <laughs> there's so many underlying themes from from what you're talking about that I can resonate with. You know, it's about talking about gaining experience and not being able to identify opportunities unless you'd had first hand experience of of dealing with like front of house and dealing with um, running the business. And it's, it's such a, it's something that I've learned over the last two years about being able to not pigeonhole yourself into one particular role or responsibility but being able to get the whole width and breadth of knowledge of a particular subject matter to be able to see things and look at them from different angles because otherwise you become quite narrowly focused don't you
0: yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah, you're you're absolutely right the for anyone for anyone who's thinking of you know getting into this industry or is it or is really established in this industry and is looking to make their next step and buy, you know, and buy, you know, and buy a restaurant or whatever cafe pub. The, the, I suppose there's so much advice, you, you know, you can give to people, but if you had to really narrow it, narrow it down for me, you know, the type of business that we are in, you have to make it about the people empower the people around you and and it's a and it's a real life lesson that I've really like learned over the years and do you know what you haven't always got the best idea you haven't you you aren't necessarily even going to execute your idea as good as it is in your mind actually better than maybe when you hand it to sort of for myself if I hand that idea to Chris and John or Alice our pastry chef and if you are like I am really into kind of like, you know, the sort of the self-help side of things and looking at other successful people, you'll hear so many people like, you know, from, you know, Bezos to Branson to, you know, to Pete, Peter Jones, um, people like that. And you'll hear them say, you know, a very, very similar thing It's it's not about you just constantly being this megalomaniac and controlling everything. It's about giving the control to the individuals and allowing them to have that empowerment and by doing that I actually do think now you know we we, we really do live in a generation where do you know what I, I think for a long time certainly in the 80s and the 90s there was only one way to be in life and that was to be self-employed and if you were self-employed you were automatically a millionaire yeah. far from it far from it now there are people out there they may have their own business but they are struggling like there's no tomorrow but there's someone that's employed that's on a great salary got five weeks holiday a year pension all of those things and not everybody the world's not going to work if everybody if everybody then says well I want my own business but actually now you've got really amazing individuals that are like do you know what? I trust this person. This person really looks after me. From you know, looks after my wealth, looks after my health, my well-being, all of those things. It allows me to express myself. Allows me to have my own creativity and my own voice. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. But that person hasn't got the risk. That person hasn't got the like last like last just last March when it's like ends. We've just we've just borrowed the biggest amount of money in our life and we've like, and now we're shutting it down and what's going on, what's going to happen? You know, we've just bought Rajanos. Oh my goodness. You know, and those, those, those things, I think a lot of people now young or middle-aged or whatever are sort of seeing that there's also, you know, there's some really, really amazing, you know, employers out there who will really, really look after, you know, really look after their people. And if you are the employer, then my message is, is, understand, you know, right now, have a look at those people around you, because do you know what? They are so much stronger and they are so much more clever um, than, than actually yourself um, and allow them to, you know, allow them to have that empowerment and, and be themselves. And, and that's just something that I've, I've done over time. It's, it's, listening it's the way you know I've been brought up like that my dad was a lot like that you know incredible sort of um you know as as I've I've said through this whole interview you know with people like um Derek who've taught me a lot about business and people then also people I you know I you know have massive admiration for and have become like our best friends like Tom and Beth Kerridge you know like you know like that's so inspiring you know like Mm how you know the length of time that tom and beth have had people around them and how they built their business and i suppose we really resonate with tom and beth because we just have this really really similar outlook on you know me even, even like me and tom we we love the same style of food we love the same sort of like heartiness our personalities are fun and and, and bubbly like you know we we they introduced us to um tom's sister-in-law best sister eve um eve you know like is is a huge part of like the interior design and stuff and she works so closely with emma and you know and we had children you know ac and arisi at the same time you know and that and and it just don't know the, the journey is just so it just i really relate to them and they're a massive inspiration to you know to myself and emma um you know because you know that you know they're doing it and the way that they are with their teams and the way that tom is with people and the way that tom sort of inspires people around him is a huge inspiration to me and it's everything that i try to be you know you know in in my own businesses so, so yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You can't just pigeonhole it and, and just, you know, and just be focused on one sub, you know, subject matter, because say you're a chef and you think, well, that's the food. My job is solely the food. Yeah, it is. But do you know what? It's default. It's default setting. That's, that, that's got to be, you can't just think that that's all you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to man manage, you've got to yeah. run your business, because if you are putting, if you are going to put, a nice big piece of sea bass on, and with with some beautiful osetra um, caviar, then you've got to know how much it costs because, you know, profit is not a dirty word. Profit allows you to invest in your business. Profit allows you to look after your people. Profit allows you to give your head chef a little bonus or your sous chef a bonus or your, or your team all a little bonus. Profit allows you to do so many things within your business. And if you haven't got your wine list correctly costed, if you haven't got your menu correctly costed, you don't know what margins you're making, in it, but, it, but all you are is thinking that you're this, this unbelievable artist. Then I'm telling you, you're, you're going to set yourself up for failure. And then, and then, if you're not empowering the team around you, and you're just on your own ego, and as far as you're concerned, when they're burnt out, you know, in with in with the next chef, it's 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 wrong, and 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 your business will fail, and you will fail, and you'll fail the people around you. That's a good good point.
1: I mean, net operating profits within hospitality they tend to get a bad rap, but as you say, if you're looking at your markups and making sure that margin is king and that what you're doing is priced well but not to mention also that your wastage and most importantly your retention rates are spot on then it allows you to reinvest into this beating heart that you've created it's called the business and it allows you to make and, and enrich everyone else's life as well and it's such it's something that many people whether you're front of house back of house whether you've just come into the industry for the first time unless you're understand the principles and the economy of a business you we never get taught this sort of stuff this is stuff that as you say you've had to learn over a period of time from mentors and from discussions but so many people now go i just want to own a business and that's it and once i've owned it i've, I've reached my lot in life and as you say i'll be a millionaire and i can retire at the age of 40 but you have to be open to learning and developing yourself with regards to these other aspects and you know i I've experienced running this business and I run a, a food photography business as well. And, and I run these solo and I don't have any help. And I thought that I was under a lot of pressure and, and stress and it's difficult when you're trying to you know, manage fat returns and you're trying to deal with your accountancy software and everything else that you've mentioned. These are all things that you have to learn because if you don't learn them, the business will sink and it feels stressful, but like you did it for five businesses. How on earth did you cope for that period of time? Because...
0: I mean, for me, I know what toll it's taking on myself, you know. It's, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a phenomenal, it's it's having a phenomenal team and it's discipline. And, do you know, the biggest one, the biggest one for me, if, I, if you had to say, Paul, you've got to say one, one word and that's like, it's stamina. That, 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 it that, it, that is it. Sometimes I can't give you an answer. So I like, sometimes it's as, I have been as, as dark as it gets um not in it not in it not in a great place I'm I'm completely over and that's everything Chris that's from I'm eating I'm eating like an absolute idiot like I'm not eating well I'm just you know literally going out the door early drinking coffee till it's literally coming out of my ears yeah. and then by the time I get home late late at night I'm stood I'm stood in our kitchen at like um one o'clock in the morning making a sandwich and I've done that for years and years and years and then but then I don't actually realize that's that's not helping me because that's actually then clouding my thought process and clouding my decisions and stuff. And actually, some of these problems might not be as bad as what they, they, they actually are. But the the one thing that I've always had and like you say, you know, when you've got like five businesses and you've got this demand from all of these individuals, you know, that are kind of, you know, looking for you for the answer and for you to create the fire. Or put out the fire do, do, do you know what i mean it's like you've yeah, you've yeah. got two you've got the starting the fire is that fire starter the, the the creator the the energy the drive and then sometimes there's a fire where it's like oh my christ that's that's that needs putting out like that's yeah. a real big problem yeah, yeah and 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 also as well like now you know i i look at the team and like you know we start you know we've got you know alex tozer coo you know john john walton group executive chef Um, Then you look at the whole, you know, four, five, one part time in guest relations, taking all the calls and all of the um, bookings and managing all of that. HR, digital media, um, two people in HR, having Carol as an EA, like I I look at it and and that, that wasn't always there. And it's actually only been there in the last building towards that in the last, I would say, year and a half. And I, I look around and I just think, like, how 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 did it how did it how in 50, how did it get to that? And like, and I'm not and I'm not dumbing it down and I'm not trying to sound like and I know it's absolute graft, but the one word it just I always just end up going back to and that is this like you know like or or, or freeways. It's just never giving up. It's just it's just sometimes not even be able to giving you the answer. Why is this so hard? Why is this so shit? Why am I failing? Why do I hate this? I don't want, I, I can't do this. I'm just, this, I just, you know, is this my life? Is this, is this how I'm going to, is this how I'm going to feel because I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. And you, the reason you have that as well, Chris, is because you, you care. That's a big one to remember as well. And use that to your advantage. Don't use that as a, don't use, it, use that to actually understand to help you fix the problem is because if I didn't care, a lot of the things wouldn't really bother me. I'd be like, Oh yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, we, we have, we have, one, two, we have four um, staff houses, you know, that's the whole management in itself. Two of those are we've added onto them, but two of those are nine bedrooms now you you know what it's like because I've lived in staff accommodation and when you're in staff accommodation, it's wild, it's yeah. wild in all aspects. But then when you're on the receiving end of having to manage it and having to kind of look after it, and you know, you've you've invested, you've bought these properties, so they're like they're long-term investments, but also as well, they're they're within the community of Padstone. So where these houses are are where Padstonians live, like proper locals. And you don't want to, you don't want to be be known as like the, you know, the top spot that's like, you know, that's got these staff houses that are just wild party houses and they just wake the neighbours up and all that. So all of that always needs managing and, you know, and looking after. And and also, also as well, you know, we've, we're, we're, you know, we're on a, we're on a mission now as well within, you know, within the, you know, within our group. And that is, we, like I said to you a few minutes ago, The default setting of amazing amazing food amazing service amazing um beverage is like we've been we've been honing in on that for for for, you know forever and we we always will because without that we everything else is is nothing without you know you know one thing that you know one thing that you know Derek always sort of taught me from an early is is that you know remember it you know business is won and lost in the office and that's actually a really really if you really dig deep into that it's very very true and it goes back to you know you can be a great cook but you've got to understand all of the other all of the other things that surround it Mm -hmm. and you know for me we're now at a point where like every single day we're trying to hit 10 out of 10 in, in our, in our, like I just said, in, in our kind of culinary and our sort of operation. But now it's like, right, well, when mum and dad drop off daughter or son to one of our staff houses, are they a, a minimum eight out of 10? And if the answer's no, then it's like, well, we want them to be, and we want to take it to the next level. We want to be, the best employer we can be. So when mum and dad are dropping off son or daughter, you know we want a little, just a little basket in the room with some little Cornish goodies in it, and if you know, and a, and a, and a little vase of flowers, like like when you arrive at a holiday home. Yeah. The actual thing for that is absolutely the cost of that is is really not a lot, but what it brings. What it brings. And I remember when my mum and dad dropped me to London and my mum and I was living above a curry house on in um, outside Pimlico tube station. My mum cried her eyes out because it was there was there was there was no heating in there. to heat up the room you had to you had to use the baby belling oven to open the oven door the electric was 50 pence the shower was communal and the shower was 20 pence so you always had to have 20 pences otherwise you you weren't having you know you weren't having a shower and my mum cried her eyes out my dad just looked around and said Annabelle listen like get a grip you know when, when it's as bad as this there's only one way you can go Um and jumped in the motor and went back to Southampton. (laughs) Left me there. (laughs) Uh, And whether that's wrong or right, it doesn't matter. But for me, we want to be, you know, we want to be, you know, like the best employer we can. Um, and that we want to now feed that through everything. So now we've got to this point of having this unbelievable layers in the team of management you know everywhere amazing head chefs across all the sites amazing restaurant directors across all the sites a brilliant office with great you know individuals in their roles like Alex and John Walton and, and you know all of this happening we we now like right well now we we want to polish everything everything and again you can do that because we're on top of it it's tight it's it's neat it the you know the houses are all near the restaurants yeah. um and, and again that's that's our that you know that that's our that's our mission um and stuff but yeah it, it it boils down to me for you know I don't have it I'm not I'm not a pioneer I'm not someone that's you know you, you know necess- you know unique or anything like that I just think that like what I've always I've just I just I'm just I know that what I am good at is is I've got you know, real sort of stamina for things and no matter how bit bad things are, a lot of the time I'm, I'm quite good at sort of hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certainly like, you know, back in sort of 2015 when I lost my dad's um, that was a, that was a huge, huge point in my life. You know, that, that, that really tested me big you know because I was lost for, you know, for quite, quite, quite some time. Um, but, it was always, you know, I can't let the team down. I can't let the guys down. I can't, you know, they, they rely on me. I've got to, you know, I've got to be a leader. This is, this is the true test of, you know, being a, you know, being a leader. Now, some people, professionals might be, well, that's not a very good way to grieve, or that's not a very good way to process it. But it was the way that I knew how to process it. And it was the way that I knew that I could get, you know, could get through it. Sometimes I think it might Bite me on the ass a bit sometimes, and you know when it, you know, you think, well, where did that come from? How did that happen? You know, like where's and you think is that because you've not necessarily dealt with it? But it's, I, I just got this sort of, you know, this thing where I just sort of keep going, um, you know, keep keep going, um, and I'm a real listener. I'm a I'm a I'm a real I'm a real listener. I, I like to surround myself with people that are that are uh, further ahead than me, you know, better than me whatever and i i just love to learn you know learn from them you know gordon obviously i worked for gordon for a long time gordon and tana have um you know bought a house in cornwall and sort of over certainly like these last kind of few years i've seen a lot of gordon and, and it's amazing because can you imagine how surreal that is being a commie chef at royal hospital road but then Sort of sat with Gordon, you know there's i I've actually got a picture in our office of me on the pass you know, like right, like with my skull cap on twenty years old, sort of being yeah you know, having uh, you're getting a getting a you can tell I'm getting a rollicking. it was a photographer who <laughs> caught it, and I managed to get the image and that and stuff, and I look at that picture and then but then I'm sat with Gordon talking about business and stuff, but I never ever go into that conversation ever, and nor do I feel because there's so much that i learned from gordon you know about cooking but now like you know you listen to him and you can see he's gone on the same journey you know you talk to gordon you know about like business and just just everything and then you and you look at things and like people think oh you know loads of restaurants and that but the infrastructure and the layers and the way that he has it set up and the people around him is it's phenomenal and i and i sit there and i'm like and i and i and i listen but then also as well it's great because then that it's not just a one way conversation he talks to me and and we talk about like like everything and it and it, and it's and it's 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 fantastic and i'm always I'm always learning. There's, I'm, I'm very sort of proud that I'm, uh, you know, someone that is, that it's just, cause I think for a lot of people, they get to a certain point and they're like, I, I, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more like I'm, I'm at that sort of glass ceiling. Whereas for me, it's not, I just think that you can be inspired constantly and you can listen to other people's ideas or see how people do things And you should never just rip them off and copy them, but take them and make them your own. And and if there's just, even if there's just a tiny bit of that person's idea that you can then just put into what you do, you're just constantly like almost like building like this kind of Swiss watch with like, you know, literally hundreds of little tiny little cogs that are just all moving to kind of make this perfect timepiece. And you know, and you know and another another sort of person I know that's done this podcast. That's a huge. I've 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 learned so much off of him, and he really is like a he really is like the the kind of like the the titan, you know, of like of our industry. And that's sat, you know, that who you've done, you know, done the podcast with. And I've you know, I have met sat through Tom, and you know, I've had some amazing times with sat over the years. Where it's just been me and him till a you know in a bar till stupid o'clock in the morning talking and talking and 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 you know it sats so in control and so very sure of you know of what he's doing and and the journey and 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 it's and you know listening to people you know listening to people like that is is hugely you know, inspirational for me as well. And, and, and I love it because you can just learn, you can just learn so much and then you, you give so much, but then other people will come to you and other people will kind of say, "Look, how do you do that? Or how do you, do you mind sharing that? And of course, absolutely. You know, not, not, not knowledge. At the end of the day, knowledge is power. And that's, and that's, um, and that for me, is just something that I've always been, I've always been, and it's something I put right through our group and say to my guys, don't, don't just listen to reply. Listen to grow. Wait, that's a soundbite right there, <laughs> right there. That's a,
1: definitely a soundbite. And um, it's interesting you should talk. Just going back quickly to Gordon, that you should talk about Gordon because Matt Bay was on uh, fairly recently. And my my curiosity was, as obviously we've seen Gordon on TV, and this this you know this formidable character within the kitchen environment. But what I'm starting to learn from from Matt. And also from yourself is this, this, um, I don't know how to put it, but this, you know, this mentor, this person who, you know, listens and takes interest in in you as a human being and, and your professional growth. And it's a side perhaps that isn't that well publicized, I would say, but it's a really interesting insight that I've learned
0: over the last couple of weeks. You've just hit the nail on the head. The biggest, the the, big, the, the thing for me that shocked me, I, I left I left Royal Hospital Road in two thousand and three. I was at Petru Center to two thousand and five and I left and I did not see I did not see Gordon at all for um so gordon started gordon came to cornwall when claire smith when claire smith got married in two i think it was i think it was around 2014 something like that maybe a bit earlier and so i saw gordon came and had a gordon came with his family to regiano's had something to eat um i went over said hello obviously it was quite uh i was quite like you know it was quite a um you know thing for me you know that he was actually like well, I me, mean, he's eating he's eating in he's eating in one of our restaurants amazing uh and then over time as you say he's just then become you know again like you know a really brilliant like mentor in my life you know like you know great to kind of bounce ideas off and and as you say which Matt Abers Matt Abers told you yeah um uh, incredible you know just if you think for one minute that this is just someone that's gone all Hollywood and is just filming show after show after show, and then just has like teams of people taking care of the businesses, honestly, you could not be fur- further from the truth. The thing that the thing that blew me away the most was was like you and like everyone, you see Gordon late, you know, um, uh, courtside at a Lakers game you know with you know with david and um with david beckham and um and family and stuff and you see like you know just like like how massive he is in the u.s we all know that you know for a british person in any industry to crack the u.s is 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 just phenomenal yeah but then when you were when you're with him right now he it, one thing i was so like just he is so up to date with the industry and i just thought that like gordon would still be like you know the the restaurants of the of the days like when we were in london he knows like he knows where all the restaurants that are making a noise where who what chefs are coming through what what restaurants in the in the um outer regions you know not just london um his businesses, talking to him about business. Yeah, of course he has to have a you know a, a phenomenal team in place to kind of you know to to run those businesses and 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 to adhere to those standards. But it's it's it, now that 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 seriously is you know like like I say you know a, you know a seriously unique kind of you know like human being. And he's and and I think I think as well he the way that he's just remained at that constant. You know he has you know you've got. Free Michelin stars, but then you've got like street pizza and um, burger, and like and then the, the the places in the US and just everything. It's it is it's 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 it's, it's phenomenal. But yeah, it's it's Gordon is Gordon is not La La Land, and and I, I I honestly thought that when I sort of went to see him, I just thought he would be very Hollywood, and and so you could not be further from the truth. So in touch so on the pulse with everything within his within his his world it's
1: amazing hopefully one day we'll be able to get him on here I'd love to I'd love to hear his point of view
0: <laughs> well you never know
1: that would be class that would be awesome but um I suppose then for me first off I'm um, just going back to what you're talking about self-development I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet but Jay Morton's book Soldier if you want a military not just military but an SAS view on leadership but the best bits about leadership it is class so we often compare like the kitchen environment to the you know the hierarchy systems yeah. of the military and Ascofia as we all know there was yeah it's a military-based system this takes it a step further this is like looking at the way that you run your teams within hospitality and not just making it the army but making it the bloody SAS and yeah. some of and as you say taking little nuggets of that and applying that to how you run in terms of your teams, how you run yourself. There's some real nice paradigm shifts in there. So if you are interested in in something a th- bit different, hit that one up. But that's not so much of a question. I just wanted, because again, like, you know, I I spent the whole reason why I'm on this journey now is I spent the last sort of two or three years plowing every spare hour of my day into listening. And it could be something like Gra- Grant Cardone. Have you heard come across him?
0: No, I know Jay Morton because I'm a, uh... Uh, I love I love all of that. So I've like listened to Ant's books, um, Jason Fox, um, and I listened to Jay on a podcast with um, uh, called Run Pod okay. with uh, Jenny. Uh, yeah, Jenny. And and he was brilliant on that. So uh, now, what's what's that one called? Soldier. Soldier. So it's his book that he's released yeah. now.
1: I'm waiting for him to get back from Bar- or hopefully by the time this goes live, we might have even interviewed him. But I'm I'm hoping to get him on the podcast because. I'd like to tap into, explore some more of the things that he's put in his book about leadership and the different styles. Um, You know, there's one thing about the SAS, and I can't remember the exact ones for the life of me. It sounds really bad, but it was about the SAS work to four core principles, which is like humour, integrity. um, And there's another two as well, which I just thought were, it was like the epitome of where we want to get to as an industry. And like, oh yeah, not treating people as numbers, you know, everyone's equal. And and all of these sort of like these core principles that I thought were incredible, but um, yeah. So soldier, and he talks about you know small things like setting yourself healthy habits, like getting up in the morning. He gets in um, the wheelie bin out back with a scot full of walk, ice cold water, then he'll start by doing like you know two hundred squats, two hundred sit ups, two hundred burpees. But he said, if you can't do any of those, then just do five of each, and start building that into a healthy habit and a routine in the morning because you're a human being and your potential is unlimitless. So you might as well start, you know, utilising that, and that carries on through the rest of your life. And it's just there's some, there's so many like paradigm shifts and pearls of wisdom in there that are well worth, uh, well worth anyone listening to. But going back to questions, yeah, going back to questions. So in terms of culture, you talk a lot about family culture. Um, what has sort of been the, the the key one or two things that you've identified over the last sort of ten years that allowed? that promotes a healthy and happy culture within the team environment?
0: Uh, Humor, one you just mentioned there from, you know, like, like from the um, SAS. Yeah. Humor, um, really listening to, you know, to people's problems at the end of it again, goes back to what you're saying. You know, people, they're not just numbers. You know, it, it can't just always be about doing the job, getting the job done. Um, Again, you know, that's what we're there to do. But people have problems. People have things that they need you to help them deal with. Um, Certainly, you know, mental health is I really kind of noticed in the last few years of running a business that that now is a huge, huge part. And that's because everybody is so much more aware of it um than what they were before and they, you know these problems haven't just all of a sudden started now they've been there forever but where people talk about them now um with things like this you know like burnt chef project and that that to me is that to me is the you know the absolute fundamentals of of, of what we do and that's just kind of like you know being kind to one another as well as like working hard one I gave you earlier, you know, like listening, um, gratitude, like and staying teachable, you know, always, you know, really staying teachable. And you know, I put that into you know, to all my guys, and you know, and like, you know, when they when they go out as well, you know, like, you know, and just kind of like sometimes, you know, and we've all been guilty of it, Chef know certainly in the earlier, you know, going out and not actually enjoying the experience long before phones you know we we all blame phones, oh yeah, you know all we do is you know take a picture of a dish, but you know picking up the plates and tasting the puree with the, the end of the knife and you know just having that sort of quite quite sort of catty nature um you know when you go out and and actually just sort of know like every restaurant is different, every restaurant has its own style as its own ethos and just going out and enjoying it and and then with that then comes you know like kindness and I think that that the industry is in such a good place for that now the 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 the, the willingness to share ideas and to and to be able to ask questions yeah. you know yeah the willingness to, to share knowledge um, uh, you know throughout the industry is is phenomenal and and it's something that I always you know d- just put into you know to, to, you know to my teams and that but most of all out of all of it it's just do you know what? Just, just, just be a good, just be, just be a nice person. It, do you know what? It, it's so much, it, it's so much. Life is so much easier than, 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 and and feels so much better when you you just don't try and make it difficult and and just cause just cause unnecessary friction and 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 being nasty and and horrible to you know to one another and that's not just that's not just in in industry that's just in in life you know just you know just in life you know it's like you can get on so much better by just being you know a good you know a good person and and that that really really doesn't it doesn't cost anything if it goes for me hand in hand with, you know, saying please and thank you in good manners. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't cost nothing in it. And, and you know, and a big part for me, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it, say like television, you know, you do one show and this goes hand in hand with what I was telling you earlier. So the first proper bit of television I did was um, Great British Menu. It was massive. Like, got the phone call, could not believe it. Like was 2010, and like I was like, oh my god, this is um, this is unbelievable. I was absolutely petrified. And Tom, I I just me and Tom knew each other. Me and Tom have known each other for 20 odd years, and we lost contact. Tom went moved up to Norfolk. I stayed in London, and t- Tom had already done Great British Menu the year before. And he said to me, "Listen, mate, I'm just going to say to you a couple of things. Don't." Don't do ice cream, for you, like in any way. Do not do an ice cream when it gets to dessert. And he said, and although it's a cooking, although it's a cooking program and it features heavily about chefs cooking, he said, remember, actually, don't get above your station. You're actually like way down here. You are, you are part of a production team, and don't go in there. Thinking that, like, well, I'm the chef and I'm cooking because if you do, like, you you won't get on. And I think that's in my nature anyway. But I went in there and I really like sort of stuck with that. And I watched like other chefs, but certainly when it got to like you know finals week, and all of the crew, you know, can you can we just have a quick interview? Can we just do this? And they were so uptight and they were so like, oh, no, I'm like my, my sauce is good. Oh, this is cooking and that and stuff. Whereas to me. I still had those same problems. I still had a sauce that needed reduced and I still had something that needed cooking, braising, confine. And I was absolutely in the Mm weeds, but there was always that bit of advice. that was like, no, make time for the, you know, make time for the crew. And then when you go all the way, which I did, which was so, you know, so, so happy to do, you built this amazing relationship with people that I'm still friends with now, like Nikki Baker and Sarah Myland and, Sort of like you, you, you got to the end of it, and you were like this real family. But yeah. then these people, they, they, they all split up. I go back to I go back to Cornwall. They all split up, and they go on to their next jobs. And some of them were going to work on a, some of them were going to work on a show with James Martin. Some of them were going to do Gordon shows, stuff like that. But they remember you for being, yeah, you're you can cook and you're a good chef. But they're actually like, do you know, what he's really nice to work with. And he's, and he's nice, and, and, like, and he understood that, yes, he's got his cooking to do, but, yeah, we've also got a television show to make as well. It's not all about him and his cooking. We're trying to make a television show as well. And then they talk, talk about you, and then they recommend you, and then you get a phone call, and you're like, oh, uh, hi, yeah, I work on Saturday Kitchen, and um, I was working with such-and-such such on Great British Menu, and um, they pass your number on. And do you see where I'm going with this? creates yeah, a yeah. pattern. Because you're not you're not a dick, you're 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 just you're yeah you know that you can cook all right and you're you're a, you're a good chef and you can cook in that, but actually you're a good, you're a decent person as well. And then doors open, and different things happen, and that's all because you get on and you're you're just you're just genuine and you're just kind of nice. You know, you're just easy to be around, and you understand that it's not just you and what you're doing; it's everyone around you. And what they're doing is just as important as what you're doing. And that for me has been always been a big part of getting to, you know, getting to this point. Um and, and doing what, you know, what we're doing now. Don't be a dick. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think there was other things to take on that. But yeah, you
1: can go with that one, Chris. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Completely. It's like it is a domino effect. And it takes so much more energy to be, you know, continually uh hating and you know, using energy to be able to provide negativity in your life it's so tiring. And it, it's a, when you start looking at it, like you're you're energy is a limited resource on a daily basis. And if you're using that based on thinking about what you're going to do to someone or what you're going to say to someone or how much you feel against them, then you're just wasting valuable time and resource, really. Absolutely. Quite an interesting, uh, yeah. One that I resonate with completely. Um, Very, very quickly, talk talk to me briefly about relationship with social media. I know that, um, well, on Mental Health Awareness Week, you ditch social media for a brief period of time. Um, how much of an impact do you think that social media is having on on general overall mental health, irrespective of hospitality at the moment?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's obvious, isn't it? It's massive, um, and it's one of those it's one of those things that I think I think you can even see now. But I think when we're long gone, you know, our generation is is, is long gone. I think it would be. I think we're we're at the very beginning of it, aren't we? We were, and can you imagine in hundred years' time? where that might be. But I also think now, certainly in my, my guys, you would think that there, there, there's certainly people within, you know, that, that live on it um, and, and just kind of like, can't help themselves, but just to be kind of aimlessly scrolling and stuff. But I'm actually seeing quite a large number of, of people that like either aren't on it um, or aren't that bothered by it and and a quickly understanding the you know the effects that it can have mm. uh, and I think it would be wrong to just talk about it negatively it it has a it has a wonderful positive impact um it really really does uh again when I first got into it uh I've always tried to you know I never I never get political on there I never kind of get in wrapped up in any of that um because Personally, for me, I don't think it's what people uh, are coming on my feed to see. They're coming on there to see food, the, you know, the restaurants and stuff. And the other places I'll go with it will be charities, Cornwall Wear Ambulance. I put, one, I put a post up yesterday. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can imagine every day, Carol, we sit down every day, I me and Carol, we go through everything and there are umpteen charity requests. But this one just really resonated with me. And I think it's because having, a, you know, my little girl, And it just really, really hit me. So, you know, we, we helped and, you know, we put it on. So I think for that, sending a great message, I think it's a brilliant tool for your businesses um, if you use it smartly. Um, And I think also as well, you know, certainly now, you know, it can bring, it can bring kind of joy and you can learn from it and you can watch things or watch clips. You can be, you know, you can be very sort of, it can be very informative and and sort of very um, information um, led, but, we would also be very naive if we didn't think that there are millions that it gives huge anxiety to. Um, now what I said to you earlier about trying not to post too many like Strava things was actually like, he's a great comedian, you know, um, Ramesh, yeah, yeah, the comedian. And I was watching, he came, I follow him and he came up on my, he came up on my, um, instagram and he was going live and he was going live with someone else and it was through lockdown one and he was like and i because he's so dry and and in, in his humor and he was like oh you know so what have you been up to today and the guy he's interviewing is like oh yeah i um yeah i uh, went out for a like six mile run and then he was like yeah i saw you put you put that on you you put that on your feed didn't you and he was like yeah yeah i did he was like yeah he was like just to let you know it's people like you that make me feel so shit about my life like this, and it was like, and it was like tongue in cheek, but actually, it was like, it was like there, there's a real element of truth to that because, yeah, it's great when you sort of see all of these exercising posts. But do you know what? It's all very well going, yeah, but I do it to inspire it. But some people, it, some people just in a rut, and no matter how many posts they see of people exercising, it's not going to get them out of that, you know, that rut. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my point there is is that is for me one of the one of the kind of the feeds that is that is social media that's it's that's a very good example or whether it's you know looking at someone that's super fit super rich you know like beautiful or all of these things or they or their life looks phenomenal and stuff like that but it's been said a million times and I but I just think actually now people are quite aware that actually no do you know what that person's life Isn't necessarily like that. It's a it's a split. It's it's a nanosecond, you know, of a push of a button. It captures this moment in that person's life, and you know, I think like with anything in life, it's it's like eating, isn't it? It's moderation. If you if you go say right for the rest of my life, I'm just going to eat this way, then you're going to eventually you will crash and burn. But if you kind of say, well, look, most of the time I'm going to try and eat really well, but actually, do you know what? If I fancy fish and chips or a mcdonald's or whatever then i'll have it because then it gives you the balance it gives you the moderation Mm -hmm. and i think if you you know i'm not saying it like you know necessarily well you know if you're someone that really gets hung up on that and it really gives you major anxiety and mental health problems well then yeah i think you should give it a break but not necessarily give it up you know maybe just try and control how you you know, how you, you know, how you look at it. And I, I'm not going to say for one, my, I'm lucky because I look at it, but I only look at it because I'm so busy, like, with, with, with what I do that, like, actually for me, like, I get to the end of the day. I have, like, you know, lots of, like, notifications. I'll put all, put everything up on the stories um and and that's it but I, you know I, I keep myself I keep myself you know bit trying you know keep myself busy you know once work reopens I'll be even busier but I'm very busy with work during lockdown um trying to stay trying to stay active um and I stay active and really honestly not because you know, when I was, when I certainly, like, when I was working for Gordon, i like, I was, like, I was really at my fittest, you know, like, I was, I was kind of, like, I'd lost, like, a lot of weight working somewhere, like, Royal Hospital Road, and I was felt good, I was, like, always in nice clothes, and you know, felt re- sort of really good, and, kind of, I've always, always struggled with my weight. Always, you know, from the moment I can remember, you know, like I remember going home as a kid and saying to my mum, mum, why why am I a different size to like a lot of the kids at school, you know, like this? I've always had that struggle. And now, now it. I think as you get, when you get to sort of 41, it really, really hits you that about like, you know, sort of not just staying fit to feel good, but actually mentally. It's really, it's never, like, through all of my 20s and my early 30s, I was, all, you know, quite fit and, and good. And then sort of, like, I have put weight on and then lost weight, put weight on, and kind of yo-yoed with my weight. And, and like, now you get to, you get to 40 and you, it really sort of hits you, like, that actually it's not just about losing weight to get into your favourite pair of jeans. It's actually what it does up here. And that for me is something that I've really, really kind of learned that like, if I don't do it, Chris, it's, it really is, it really has a bad effect on me. It really, really, if I don't maintain that consistency of getting out into the fresh air um, and it's not, and I'm not talking about just going and hitting the gym and stuff like I'm just talking about like, if I can't get, if I can't get that running or I can't get that cycling then I'll go and Take the dogs for a four-mile walk, but anything just to kind of get steps in, movement in, because as you say about like what what Jay Morton was saying, like in the mornings we are we are human beings, and like I think now I'm sort of it's really apparent that like the body has to move, you know, it has to move. It can't just stay still, like you know, like every day and not do that. And and if I don't do those things. I never used to be like that, but I don't know what it is. It's since I got to forty that if I don't do it now, like I'm, um, I'm really not, I'm really not in a good space. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100 percent the same.
1: You know, to a point where even a 3k run doesn't have to be a massive run, but just something to blow out those cobwebs, or even taking the dog yeah. for a brisk 20 minute walk is that's
0: it. Yeah, is that provides totally agree. That,
1: moment of clarity doesn't it and it just lifts the yeah. fog lifts the fog allows you to clear your thought process up and yeah you know, despite how it might you know change your appearance aesthetically over a period of time it provides much more
0: benefit to you inside than it does outside I'm a better version of me um and but it's weird it it's not always been like that i i've I've, I've been, I've like run for quite, for many, many years. I've, I've like, and I've, I've gone to the gym and I've always like exercising, which is unusual because I think as well, I wasn't brought, like, it just wasn't a thing in our family. You know, my, as far as my dad was concerned, it was a complete and utter waste of time mm-hmm. e- ex- exercising and that. So it's not, sport was not in our family in, in any way, shape or form, but I had been doing it for, you know, I was doing it when I was living in London and stuff. But if I didn't do it, didn't matter it wasn't even didn't even register with me but for some reason it does now it mm. it really really does and p- perhaps that's just the sort of the way you know a, as you sort of progress in life in and get you know progress with age it, it becomes more apparent I don't know but um certainly for me like exercising is uh it, it, it is an absolute must not not like you say, not, not for the, yeah, I'm not going to lie. The aesthetic reasons are great. You know, like you, because no matter what you just feel good, don't you? You feel really, really good. And when you feel, when you feel sort of lethargic and fatigued and stodgy, and because you know that you've put the wrong fuel into your body and you've not been kind of exercising, that feeling is just, it's, it's, it's just not a nice feeling. Um, but when you're, eating well and exercising it's honestly it's, it's it's phenomenal what it does for the yeah what it does for the mind massively So, and
1: it i talked about it before on this podcast there's a book by johan Hari who's um he's a an ex ex-journalist but he went on like a forty four thousand mile world trip to establish the different causes of anxiety and depression um and one of the things that he touched upon one of the sort of reoccurring themes throughout that book for the nine different reasons that he found was that as human beings, we haven't really changed much from when we were roaming the African plains. You know, our our innate needs are still exactly the same, which is to move because we used to we used to migrate, you know, for security, yeah. for balanced nutrition. And that's why I like fasting and those sort of things have started to come back into it as well, because they used yeah. to be a period of time where we wouldn't eat for two days. And yeah. And, you know, we would eat gorge, but we would, you know, we would. And it's it's just stripping it all back down to its bare basics of we as animals used to live like this and we didn't do too badly. So, yeah, the more we can get back to that, the better that we might yeah. be. in in you know, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Being. Yeah.
1: Completely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, let's not go grazing off of grass and, and nuts and <laughs> whatever else you can find around. But, you know, there, there's a lot to be taken from that. <laughs> Um, one last final question before we wrap this up then uh, I mean you've covered so much during this so I think uh, we might be covering our ground but in all fairness I need to ask you so if you were to travel back in time and have a word with the 18 year old version of yourself what, what advice or what information would you give yourself
0: um, enjoy the now and enjoy the moment even more and be really aware of the moment um and what I mean by that is it's 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 brilliant having drive and it's brilliant to be to be to be driven but if I could just go back and just say to myself do it but in just soak up everything right now and just think about it more but it just I always felt that like I've always just felt that it's just always been about the next destination, the next, the next point, the next chapter, getting to there, got to get this, got, you know, got to get that. And a a huge part of that is, is, is the driving force. And there's nothing wrong with that. Still, still, I would still want to do that, but I would just, I just want to just soak it, just soak up the the situation a bit more because you hear it so often at 18 years old, um, you know, don't wish your life away, you know, before you know it, you're going to be, and you know what, before you know it, yeah, here we are 41 years old, bang done. And I wish that, yeah, I wish that I'd kind of maybe, you know, as good as it was to kind of like constantly work, 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 you know, there there's times where there's times where I just wish I'd, you know, enjoyed some more of those situations um, a bit more, but Hey, let listen, uh, there's certainly no you know no regrets um but at the same time I wouldn't answer that question as no I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing because I think I think everyone would always want to you know would always change something but then that's what you know that's what life's you know that's what life's about but yeah that that's that that's it for me and I think now that I'm really aware of that have I got it right? No. Have I got that balance? No, not at all. But it's something now that I was certainly not aware of 18, you know, teenage years, twenties and thirties, but now it's like, yeah, you know what, just slow down a touch and just look up a little bit and sort of look like, see what's, you know, see what's around me. And it goes back to my point with you about like, you know, and I think COVID-19 has played a big part in that for me in terms of like, you know, the businesses and 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 what we do with the businesses but also just you know just just around me and and you know and how quick you know Aresi's growing up and yeah just those things those things that are just hugely you know that are just so hugely important and of course you know they're important and anyone it's a double-edged sword because it's you're doing it you know, you're doing it for them. I'm doing it because I just, you know, ultimately I just want Reese to be super proud of her, you know, of her dad. And I just want to, I'm not, I don't want to spoil her. I don't I want her to understand, you know, and the value of money and have a work ethic like me, but I'm just trying to sort of do things slightly differently, maybe to how my mum and dad did things, but still kind of, you know, do things my way. But yeah, just like, look after your family and then but then sometimes in doing that you're working so hard that you're, you're 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 missing out on things but you're not missing out on things because you don't want to be there you're doing them because ultimately you're trying to do it for your family. Yeah. Um and that is that is such a hard balance to you know to you know to strike that you know to kind of get that balance of you know of having that family time but also and my biggest thing is is it's just I just live with a constant fear Chris a constant fear of of losing it and losing it because I took my eye off the ball or I made some bad decisions yeah and then if I've made those bad decisions you know if I've made those bad decisions but then I but then when I'm doing those I have this real guilt that I'm not I I have this I have this real guilt that I'm not there for, for CC and Emma and stuff. And, and, and it's real. And then when you're, and then when you're doing them and you're enjoying that time, you have this guilt that like, you know, like, Oh, should I, you know, should I be there? Should I be on, should I be on service? Should I be here? Should I be there? And that and stuff. And that, that's something that I've, I've spoken with, you know, with Gordon quite a lot. It's something that, you know, he, he sort of told me, you know, when he was kind of my age, you know, like what, what it's like. And, and i suppose I suppose I'm at that point at the moment, I feel I definitely feel I'm getting better with the with with the with the way I'm handling it, but it goes back to what you said earlier about you know how you know with five businesses for a long long time, it's like I'm not running these businesses, they're running me, and when they run you, there's no time for anything else, nothing, there's no time to kind of go like, right, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, like, and I'm, and I, it's my fault. And it is, and I'm not saying this, it's my fault. You know, I always have this thing, you know, DHL aren't going to deliver me the solution. It's not going to come with an Amazon package that like, here you go. Here's how it works. So I've got to be the one to change it. I can't make excuses. It's down to me, but I'll, I'll say to myself, right, I'm, I'm working. I'm going to run home. I'm going to, you know, so from Padstow to where I live is about um, six and a half miles. I'm going to run home, see the girls, have a bit of um, tea. But no, no matter what, when I'm in work mode, this will happen. That will happen. Someone wants to know that I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I don't have the discipline. I just always will say, no, work It's work. It works more important. No, That run, that run that's going to help me and look after me. Don't worry about me. It's not, you know, like, I, it's not about me. I'm going to now go and, I'm going to now go and do this and sort this out and sort that. And then after a while, you get into this rut. And then mentally, you're not in a good place because you're not, you're not exercising. You're not, you're not, you're not releasing those great endorphins and getting that dopamine hit. Um, and before you know it, you're, you're in a, you're in a really, you're, you're sort of in a really bad rut. And that, is a major, major thing for me is is just this constant guilt and constant fear of of lose of what of, of just losing it and making and making bad decisions and looking at other people that have that you know and when you read of where did it go wrong, why did it go wrong? How what, what did they do? And when you and i as much as I'll read the, the inspirational stuff like we were talking about with people like Jay and Aunt Middleton and people like that. I also look at people that are very honest about where things have gone wrong, and you sort of try to think, right, okay, and you you don't want to do that, and it's 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 a vicious circle. Um, but you can't just keep saying, oh, it's a double edged sword, or oh, it's a vicious circle, oh, you've got to do something about it, and you just got to keep trying and never giving up and finding a way to make it work and I feel that I'm I feel that I'm getting there like I really am getting there but that's just being really from the heart and being very honest and and, you know and open that I've I I really suck at that and I've and I failed I failed my, you know, I failed my family at times. I failed my, myself um, work because you just, you just don't, you just don't get that balance. Right. And, and, you know, but when, you know, you know, that you're, you're, as long as you're, as long as you're working towards it, that's all you can, that's all you can do. But I hope that sort of, cause I, I imagine not just in the hospitality industry, but I imagine that what I've said there resonates with a lot of people um and you know just know you, you're you not alone you know some you know you know people who I know that are at the absolute top of their game you know feel you know feel like that and it's a very hard balance to you know it's a very hard balance to strike
1: yeah be kind to yourself but, but yeah, yeah I it's so funny that you should mention that because I said to my wife before I left this morning I said Today's, today is for the first time in like six months where I've looked at my diary and I've got an afternoon relatively free. So I've agreed to go for a run with my wife and, and the kids on the bike later on. And I said, I feel this insurmountable amount of guilt that I should be doing something or I should be introducing a new service or working hard or what happens if suddenly someone comes up with the cure for mental illness and, you know, everything just disappears tomorrow, then I've got to go out and get a, you know, a, a job and support you guys and make sure it all works. But there's this constant, as you say, this fear of, is it going to be here tomorrow? If I take some time off and what else could I be doing instead of spending time with my family or, or, you know, not working seven days a week, it's, There's a lot of psychology in that, and that's perhaps one for for a different day. But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you do, don't we? You do, and 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 then you you know, and then when you do take that time off, you then and I I happily admit it. I I I bring work home, and I and I don't I don't change. I for 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 a long time to take that hat off and put on the family hat and be be that guy now like sometimes I I get it really right and I and and I get it right when I'm when I'm I've got when I've got the other things right but when I'm in that when I'm in that you know just that work 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 and that and I, I I can't switch off and 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 I don't think you really ever can when you've got your own businesses you you just don't um but like when you go on a holiday you know it's it's three or four days before you even begin to start to get into the holiday yeah and you know it's you know and and me and emma were saying the other day i mean i think this goes for everyone but do you remember back in the day like you know you went on holiday for two weeks right i've not been on holiday for two weeks since like well since i was probably going on holiday with my parents like, yeah. And I think me and Emma, when we first met, we had a holiday in Lanzarote for two weeks. But certainly since having the businesses, you know, we've the, you know, it's a holidays a week. But mm. I'm I'm like four days of that. I'm kind of like really, you know, like not in a. You know, not in a. You know, I remember like our last our last holiday. It was it was it was good. I was like, right, okay, this is really good. I was I was doing the food at the GQ Men of the Year Awards. It was in 2018. It was a really good, amazing thing. And then I was like, all set. I was like, really excited. And then literally, I get a text. I'm just I, all my family. We, it was a big family holiday with my wife's family, and they're all they've all gone to Bristol Airport, and I'm gonna drive from London to Bristol. Our flight was like four in the morning, so all it all. Typical, typical like my life, you know, I can't sort of enjoy the process with Emma and Arisi and getting excited about going on holiday. They're meeting me from, they're driving from Cornwall to Bristol and I'm driving from London to, to Bristol because I'm doing the GQ because like, I've got to do it. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. Uh, anyway, really good, went really well. People really loved the food. It was a, it was a great night. And then literally someone sends me a text and saying, oh, the good food guide's out they had launched it like it whatever like 11 o'clock at night and or they'd launched the link and we had we had got, got our score we've always had like you know a healthy score in a good food Guide, but we weren't in the you know we weren't in the top 50 they'd not included us in the top 50 and like I look back and it's things like that and again I'm just being very honest you know with you for this but I look back and there would be people like you know Paul, oh, Christ there's more to life isn't there but that to me was, was important. And it was like, and it was like, right. Okay. We're, we're not, we're not as good then. Why are we not, you know, we we've been in the top 50 for the last few years. We're not in this year. And, you know, I took that, you know, I took that then on my holiday. Mm. Um, and then like, it was the first night and Emma was like, what's wrong with you? And, and I was like, Oh no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. i She was like, tell me now what's wrong. So I told her and, you know, and this is where, this is where, like, when people say, "Oh, behind every successful man," bullshit. Like, it's not behind. It's it's in front. It's clearing the path. It's building you back up. It's putting you back together. It's standing by you. And and when everybody else is just wanting from you and and sort of wanting to take from you, that like this person, you know, like is there. You like for me, Emma is like, it's not behind me. It's like she she's. She's the one that's in, you know, way out there in front, and I like, like, got a massive bollocking, right? Like, it's just like, are you, like, for God's sake, what are you talking like? You know, it, how is that even important? Why is and really made me wake up as if to say, like, get a grip, Paul. Like, get a, you know, get a grip, but you become absorbed and you become absorbed in your work and obsessive about your work and what you do and, and, and where you are. And, and that's, that, 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 that is also a good thing because it's, it's, it also brings, you know, incredible reward in, in what you do. But yeah, that's, that's kind of, yeah. Another, an, another little insight. And so anyway, the next day I was like, okay, yeah, actually, okay. Fuck it up. Let's, let's get on, let's get on with this. And and we, we, and we, you know, we had an, you know, we had an amazing time, but um yeah, that, that, that little snippet there is, I could tell you millions of, of, of sort of stories like that where, but again, it goes back to like what my dad said as well, you know, all those years ago, it, it goes back to kind of you, if you sign up for something, make sure you know what you're signing up for stick with it. Make your bed, lie in it, and 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 go for it. And you know you're gonna you're gonna have you know you're gonna have rough times. You know you're gonna you're gonna have many a rough times, and you're gonna also have great times as well.
1: So, old proverb that I keep hearing: fulfillment is not the destination; it's the journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah, abs- you know, abs- absolutely. You know, it's um, you know, I was one I, there was one I actually heard the other day which I thought was brilliant, and it was like smooth seas do not make great sailors. True. Oh, and I was yeah. like, Do you know what? That's that is that is it there. I'm I'm having that one. That's fantastic. And it's and it's true it's absolutely true it's, it's what makes you you know I'm, I'm you know all the mistakes you know if you don't make the mistakes you don't grow you don't get better you you grow and you you get you just keep on going as long as you're willing to listen and grow from them and try not to make the same mistake over and over again but mistakes are uh, they're pivotal because they they, they they're they what make you they're what make they're what make, they, they're what make your journey and and they 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 drive you um you know harder and to become you know the best version you know the best version of you and that, that that that's probably where I'll probably end it as well you know speaking to you is is that um do you know what I'm I'm at that point where I'm just trying to make the best version of Paul and I'm nowhere near that you know I'm nowhere near that but you know as long as I just keep trying to then you know. Then I think. Then you, you you can't you can't really do more than that. As long as you, it's the same as I say to the guys. You anyone any any sort of chef that stands there and looks at the, what they do and themselves and everything that they do and says it's perfect is is wrong, quite frankly. You know, there's. But if you're if you search for perfection, if you constantly search for excellence, then you will everything else will just fall into place but the minute that you the minute that you look at something and put that ceiling on it and say it's there it's trust me you're not perfect you've just become complacent and another one is you know another one as well which I'm always constantly you know we as chefs we're we get quite a lot of praise oh that was delicious that oh that was amazing oh that was fantastic this is brilliant oh you know we we, you know we ate we ate with you and we think it's far better than here and when you hear that you're like oh yeah 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 and stuff but never ever ever believe your own bullshit never believe in never believe in the hype because the minute that you remotely listen to any of that and you believe the bullshit and the hype you're, you're you're on a slippery slope You know, it's nice. It's good. But you know what? You're only as good as that last. You're only as good as that last service. You're only as good as that last thing. Just the next day is a new day and you go out there and you do it all over again. Paul, thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you. Absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. Mate, that was class. And I think And I think what you're doing is amazing, mate. It's absolutely amazing. And it's 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 phenomenal. And it's something that is huge across the world. Um, it's huge in every sector, every industry. Um, and our industry, you know, really needs something like this right now and stuff like this for people to listen to and all the other things you're doing and that. So yeah, it's it's unbelievable, mate. Well done to you. Phenomenal it means a lot thank you very much
1: it's um just trying to do the best that i can do for the industry that we all love really so we'll keep going we'll keep plowing on so um i appreciate that and thank you for your time and uh well
0: um, thank you uh, take care thanks see chris bye
1: bye see you bye Bye. well that was another episode of the burn chef journal and what a phenomenal episode uh paul was an absolute legend during that and we discussed so many interesting topics um you know, it's great to explore his views on mental health on staff on you know personal growth development health all of those subjects and i really hope that you know despite the fact that it was a slightly longer episode than usual you guys stuck with us to the end and, and found as much use and in, insight as i did with that so thanks again to paul and uh, to carol for, for helping us sort that out and uh, we look forward to seeing you all again next week But in the meantime, if you want to support the Burnt Chef Project, please do head across to our website, www.theburntchefproject.com. You'll find a whole host of resources uh, where you can purchase items of merchandise as well. And that helps continue our ongoing work. So, again, thank you very much and we'll see you soon.